Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me in Ephesians chapter 5. And today, let's talk about those things that are pleasing to the Lord. And let's begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that it brings guidance and insight and illumination to our lives. We thank you, Father God, that as we study your word, that we can take it and apply it to our lives today. And we thank you that by your grace, we will do just that. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I believe the Holy Spirit will illuminate us to understand the scriptures and to make them relevant in our lives. Now, verse 1, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Well, you know, the book of Ephesians written to the church in, uh, in Ephesus is very, very easy to understand because uh, Paul is just teaching in a language that, you know, you could read this and think this was written yesterday because it's so applicable to our lives. And uh, chapter 4 uh, briefly covers the the various ministries in the body of Christ, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, uh, their role, their function. And then Paul just merges into some very direct teaching of how a Christian is to live. And he continues with that in chapter 5. And of course, in chapter 4, kind of closes out with some basic things that really are still fundamental that we need to constantly remind ourselves of like, you know, like stuff like don't steal. And whereas many Christians probably would not go out and try to, you know, rob a bank or something crazy like that, there's other forms of theft that are a lot more common. Uh, you can you can work for an employer and, you know, you have a, you have a 10 minute break, but you take 25 minutes. And, you know, so you, you, you took 15 minutes of time that was really like stolen time that you, that you didn't use or, you know, you, you know, you're still on the clock. But there's a lot of ways where theft can take place stealing. And we need to always just try to live our lives uh, from the perspective of we want to treat others the way we would want, want them to treat us. In other words, if we're the employer and now we have employees, well, you certainly want, you would not want your employees if they had a 10-minute break taking a 40-minute break. And, you know, you see a lot of those things out in the world where people do that. If they have leeway, they can get away with it and think they won't get caught. Uh, they'll do all kinds of things, which is why you have to have management so that there's oversight, uh, there's control, because there are people who will be dishonest in their dealings. Also talking about stealing in Chapter 4, uh, about not stealing, um, you know, when it comes to financial theft or lying to make a sale, to make a profit. I've seen a lot of Christians just really throw Ephesians chapter 4 out the window. They're going to sell that, and they're going to, they're going to sell that car. Uh, it doesn't matter if they have to lie to sell it. It doesn't matter if the transmission's about to go out. They'll tell you the transmission's fine. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, if uh, the engine has all kinds of problems. They'll tell you it runs perfect. And sometimes they even do things to try to fake you out. They'll maybe pour something in or do a, a temporary fix that covers it maybe for 24 hours or something like that. But then, you know, it's going to wear off after it's been sold. Uh, but by then, they're long gone or they won't deal with you after that. So I've had some dealings in the past with some very shady Christians uh, who would, you know, offer certain services and things like that. And, you know, I've had people do jobs for the church where uh, maintenance jobs and things like that. And I've had uh, Christians 
not do the work, not complete the work, say they'll be back, never come back. Uh, you know, they got the payment, and they, they'll say, we'll finish the, the rest tomorrow or something like that. And uh, But you know what? They never show back up, never apologize, never send the money in later. They just they just live in a realm where they think, well, you know, we can just uh, we can just make this up as we go along. So when you read Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5, I mean, this is just like sitting down and you're going over some of the basics of how to live the Christian life. You're not supposed to be stealing. You're not supposed to be lying. Paul actually said put away lying because we're all in the body. So if you're lying to somebody else uh, that's a Christian, a fellow brother or sister, really in some ways it's, it's like you're lying to yourself. It's, uh, it's very, very interesting. Of course, Paul closes out chapter 4 by saying, let's not grieve the Holy Spirit. And we want to be credible witnesses. You can be a more credible witness by the way you live your life than you ever can by preaching the gospel or how can we say sharing your testimony to the, un, uh, to the unsaved. Your, your lifestyle is the greatest billboard they could ever experience. How, how you conduct yourself. Or is your word your bond? As it says in the Old Testament, you'll keep your word even to your own hurt. And uh, there's a lot of Christians, they'll, you know, if it's, if it's something where they're going to have to do a little extra or, you know, they, they were wrong and they have to make that up a little bit, they're not going to touch that. Well, the Bible says that we should. And so we need to live the life. We need to actually walk the walk because it's very easy for people to say, these are the truths, but it's a challenge to live them. And in order to do so, we have to find out what's pleasing to the Lord. The Holy Spirit really helps us to make the message, not so much the message, but to make it our lifestyle. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Billy Graham, who's now in heaven, he had a saying many years back. He, he said, before, before you win all the world, God wants to win all of you. So uh, th that, that's a big part because you have a lot of people that are, they're saved, they love the Lord, and they want to go out and minister to others. They want to lay hands on others. But really, if the truth be told, you would not want them laying hands on you. If you saw the way they lived, uh, you know, in their private life, sometimes even in their public life, you'd be like, no, I, uh, you, you don't be, need to be ministering to me. You need to go get your life in order. Wow, praise the Lord. And, you know, sometimes they've never been told that. They've never had a preacher tell them, your life's completely out of order, so your witness is not credible. You need to work not on others, you need to work on fixing your life. So how do you do that? You get into the Word, you hear the teachings of the Word of God, and you begin to mold your life into the image of Christ. Praise God. Well, that's a little bit of an intro as we now roll into chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, in other words, therefore, because of what was said in chapter 4, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Act like God, talk like God, have the selfless love of God, be quick to forgive like God, and you know, we are to be imitators of God. Verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. The love here used by the Apostle Paul is referring to agape love. So this is a, this is a type of love that was really branded to the New Testament gospel and 
the life of the early church. The word agape was a pretty normal word back in the ancient Greek culture. I mean, it was used regularly, but it became something special for the church from the perspective of meaning selfless love. So the world knows love, but it knows love from the sense of, I love you, but I'm going to take care of myself first. Well, the gospel gives forth the fragrance of selfless love. Praise God. Now, verse 3, but fornication, fornication, of course, being sexual relations outside of marriage, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. You know, I was uh, reading a, a, something that a lady had written. Uh, she belonged to a, a spirit-filled, you know, type church, non-den- non-denominational church, uh, but a well-known church. And she said that her and her husband were, uh, excuse me, not her husband, her and her boyfriend were engaged to get married, were going to get married, but before they had ever gotten married, they were living together. And they lived together, she said, for six months. And we're going to this church. And the church, the pastor, the elders, the the associates, nobody ever told me and my boyfriend that, hey, fornication is wrong. (laughs) Can you believe that? You know, she's talking from hindsight, later having uh, gotten married and then grew in the Lord and learned the Word of God. But she said, she said, how come nobody in the church, how come none of the leadership ever said, hey, uh, you too, uh, you're not married, uh, uh, you're living together? Hey, that's not right. See, now, now today, well, what a lot of people say, well, we're going to get married, so that makes it okay. And people say, yes, I guess that's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay at all. It says that fornication should not even be named among us, because we're saints. Saints means holy ones. This is not just the New Orleans football team, the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, there's probably a lot of guys on that team that are not saints. Uh, so, you know, you can have a shirt on that says you're a saint. That doesn't mean you're a saint. You can be in church. doesn't mean you're a saint. You can be, you, you can go stand in your garage. It doesn't mean you're a car. Praise the Lord. You have to be in Christ. And then the term saint designates the believer whose life is being lived out according to the directives of God. And a person who's following the leading of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you're perfect, but you're still a saint, and you're trying to serve the Lord and go on in the things of God. So I think we need to help people. You'd be surprised at how much Christians don't know. Uh, There's many Christians, they love the Lord. They want to serve the Lord like that lady. She said she had gotten saved. Her boyfriend had gotten saved, but they're living together. And they kind of like knew, hey, this is not right. And she said nobody ever said anything. For months and months and months, we ended up getting married, and after we were married, still nobody ever uh, brought it up. So, you know, uh, we need to get back to the Bible. Praise God. So, it also talks about uncleanness. Those are forms of sexual impurity, and that covers a a broad spectrum. Also, covetousness, uh, whether you're coveting, uh, you know, if you look at it from the Ten Commandments perspective, it's coveting also in the context of another person's spouse or you're coveting another person's house, uh, even covered from the uh, commandments, the Ten Commandments about coveting a person's uh, oxen or donkey, you know, and you're just thinking, wow, I wish I had that. Well, no, go get your own ox. 
Go get your own donkey. Go get your own house. You don't have to drool over somebody else's stuff. Just be happy for the person. And, you know, if you see something that you like, you like their house, you will just think, well, hey, you know what? I'm not going to covet his house. I can go get my own blueprints, and I can, I can build one like that. Praise God. Whatever the case might be. So we are to be free from covetousness, which is a greedy, a greedy type thing, uh, which is a form of idolatry. Now, uh, verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. I think foolish talking and coarse jesting is something that kind of just thrives in the church and people almost accept it. Off-color jokes. Maybe not a dirty joke, but close enough to it where it has a dual meaning and they knew what the shady meaning was by the way it was the story was told or the the statement was made you know that stuff's wrong you shouldn't do that you shouldn't see how close you can get to the edge of crude without going over and there's a lot of a lot of believers they they live in that realm it's a very carnal realm it's it's the carnal mindset and really you want to be spiritually minded that doesn't mean you have to go around talking about scriptures all the time but it does mean that you don't want anything to do with these types of things that are not fitting for a saint praise God hallelujah by the way you probably should go around talking about scriptures all the time <laughs> hallelujah you know you in other words you want your heart lifted up towards the things of God uh, not those things that would be foolish talking nor coarse jesting watch out for that because if you get into that coarse jesting it goes off the deep end real quick and the next thing you know you're uh, you're talking in a way that it, it pollutes your mouth, and it certainly does kill your testimony as a, as a, as a Christian witness. It, it'll make it of no effect. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. We need to preach these things. We need to talk about these things. This is the New Testament. This is God's word for us. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I'm telling you, the, the unbelievers who practice these things, there's going to be a reckoning. All of their, their sin that they would espouse as being so joyful and so happy. And that, you know, like, how come you don't come join us? Well, because I don't want to go to hell. Praise God. I, I just really don't want to spend eternity burning in the lake of fire. There's that, that's just something I don't want anything to do with. Well, we think that's crazy. Well, I think, I think going to hell for all eternity is crazy. I don't want anything to do with that. So, my friends, you know, you have to be sober. Um, you have to be vigilant. You have to be disciplined in your faith so that you stay in the Word day and night, and you don't get pulled over into these things that get you in trouble. Praise God. Hallelujah. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Why? They're going to be in hot water. There will come a day when every secret thing will be brought out into the open and will be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. Everything. Woo! Pastor Stephen, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, it doesn't. It's all coming out in the open. One day, it's all going to come out in the open. You know what? Uh, there was a very well-known prophet. He passed away a few years ago, went on to be uh, with the Lord in heaven, of course. But he had written some really good books before he went to heaven. And in one of the books, he talked about uh, an encounter he had with the Lord. And uh, he said the Lord told him 
do not put much weight or credence on what you read in history books. Many of the history books are very wrong, and much of the historical information is inaccurate. Because there's a lot of people that the world has presented as being great people. The truth is, they're now in hell. They're not in heaven. They're in hell. They lost their, their eternal soul. They never served the Lord. They never received Christ as their Savior. And the world would prop them up and present them as a great historical figure. When the reality is, they're burning in hell right now. Mm. See, I can sense just by saying that some of you are like, oh, th this is too strong, Pastor Stephen. This is my friend. This is, this is the Bible. Heaven is real and hell is real. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just, just read the scriptures and it will bring you to the sobering reality that there will come a day of judgment. There will be a day of judgment. Everything is going to be brought out in the open. So if you have anything that's not right, you need to get it right with the Lord now. If there's any sin in your life, stop it, get it under the blood, confess it, and go on with the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 8, for you were once darkness. Once. <laughs> okay, we all used to be sinners at one point. And even if you got saved at a young age, like I did, still, I could remember when I wasn't saved, when I grew up in church, but still couldn't like what, understand what it was all about. But when I got saved, to me, it felt like a weight came off my shoulder. It was the weight of sin. It was the weight of the carnal nature of the old man. Gone. Praise God. But still, even once you're saved, now you still have to walk it out with the Lord. Praise God. For you were once darkness, but now... You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Praise God. The Lord is turning up the light. You know, Isaiah chapter 60 talks about the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you and his light. Okay, so there's a lot associated with the glory and light. The, the more of the glory of the God you have in your life, the more light that you have in your life. Woo! Praise God. And God makes you an open book, even when you don't know it, even when you don't know it. I remember that when I was, you know, much younger, back in college, I was um, going through a great trial because I had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I spoke with other tongues. I began to see that miracles are still possible today. God still heals the sick, and I can have a a very close walk with God. Uh, I, I began to understand that uh, there's still apostles, there's still prophets. So I was just like having a, a glorious time with all of this. Well, it brought a lot of persecution because my family didn't understand it. My parents didn't understand it. And when I began to really serve the Lord, they thought I'd lost my mind. And I thought, now, now hold on just a minute. And I, and I told them this. I said, I said, for years, I've, I've been raised in church but I had all kinds of problems. I had sin habits, but yet I was considered normal. I said, so now that I really want to serve the Lord and live a holy life and get as close to God as I can, why am I now being labeled as a fruitcake? I said, it seemed like if we're going to do this honestly, I should have been labeled a fruitcake earlier because I certainly was, but I said, now I'm serving God. Now my life is getting straightened out and put in order. So how can this be wrong? And you know, they, they just, they just didn't see it, but you know what? God just began to light me up 
on a continual basis. Even my parents couldn't deny some of the things that God was doing. I remember one time sitting with my mother at a restaurant, and she was talking to me, trying to explain to me how all of these things that I believe now were wrong. Tongues is wrong. There's no more miracles. And she was just trying to say, you know, all these things are wrong. You've been deceived. So I just began to talk. I felt the Spirit of the Lord talk, uh, talking through me. And I just began to talk about my, in, my experience with the Lord, the reality of His Word, the power of His Word. So I kept talking for about 10 or 12 minutes. And when I finished, a gentleman who I didn't even know was sitting back behind me at another table, he turned around and leaned over to our table and said, he said, you know, I just couldn't help but hear your conversation. He said, I haven't heard such a godly, wonderful conversation in all of my life. He said, it just makes me so thrilled in my heart that a man can talk to his mother and talk about the things of God. He said, I've been so blessed by your conversation. <laughs> my, my mom didn't know what to do. She cause it totally unraveled everything she was trying to do. And I love my mother, and I love my father. My father, of course, is in heaven now. And my mother is very much devoted to the Lord. But you know what? God... God will turn up the light on you, the light on you where uh, even your private life starts getting illuminated. One time I had gone into a prayer closet to pray. I, I, had, I had a temporary roommate, and uh, you know, we were friends. I let him stay with me for a few days, and I had gotten up real early in the morning to go pray, and because I had this little bitty studio with just, you know, one bedroom, there was hardly anywhere to go, so I went into the closet. And I'm in there in the closet praying. I'd been in there for, I don't know, maybe two hours. I can't really, really remember. Maybe, maybe an hour or something like that. But I had gone through this prayer with the Lord, just talking quietly in the, in the closet, just pouring out my heart to the Lord and, and expressing my love to the Lord. I had, I had a phenomenal prayer time. And when I opened the closet door, which really was just pushing it open because I was on my knees praying, you know, the coat hanging on my hip. When I pushed the closet door open, I, I didn't know this, but the closet door banged into his head. My roommate, who was wanting to learn how to pray and get closer to the Lord, had snuck over to the closet area, put his head right down by the door. I didn't know it because I'm in the closet in the dark, and he's listening to my, my entire prayer. Hey, and when I opened the door and expected to come out and kind of bonked him on the head. He goes, oh, he goes, oh, Stephen, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he said, I'm not trying to really like spy on you. I just, I just want to learn how to pray. And I just thought I would come over here and listen to you and see how you do it. He said, I'm, he said, I've, I've just been so blessed. I, I have to admit, I laid there the whole time and listened to your whole prayer. <laughs> and he went on really to have a phenomenal uh, walk with the Lord. Uh, now, now, now he's now he's inspiring me. I'd inspire him. He'd inspire me. It was a lot of fun till he ended up moving, and I, I don't know what happened to him. Praise God. But my friends, God, God will illuminate you. God will uh, enlighten you. And so this is, this is not just something that you are when you're in front of your friends. This is something you are 24-7. Illuminate it 24-7. Woo, praise God. God getting up close and real personal in your life. Real personal. So walk as children of light. Do everything in the, as, as if you're in the light all the time. Okay? Do everything as if the cameras are rolling on you 24-7. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, I kind of like to let loose uh, sometimes and watch a, watch a few things on TV that make me happy. Oh, 
over on some of those channels maybe that you shouldn't be on? Well, yeah, that's just my way of unwinding, Pastor Stephen, after a busy day. Oh, would you watch that if we were all seeing you watch that? (laughs) Right. If the lights were turned on and thousands of Christians could watch you do what you do, would you still do what you do if the light was turned on all the time? Hmm. Interesting. Just a thought, because I need to let you know that the glory is coming, but with the glory comes illumination. With the glory comes light. Mm, Praise God. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. I think we make these discoveries of what pleases God, what makes Him happy, what strengthens us, what encourages us to continue on the path, and at the same time, by doing so, we also um, disembark from former locations, disembark from, from previous things that would have entertained us, even would have been negative in our lives. Verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. I just need to let you know that any engagement that you would have with darkness has no good fruit in it for you. Or it may look like it does. It may look like it would be all this and that. But I need to let you know that should you engage in that, there is absolutely no good fruit in that at all. There is nothing there. It's disguised. But there is nothing there but misery and sorrow, and trouble to your soul. So I would encourage you, stay as far away from it as you can. Where should I stay, Pastor Stephen? In the light. (laughs) In the light. See, everything's going dark today. It's getting darker. The light's going to get brighter on the church, but everything in the world is going to get darker. I mean, stop and think about it. Anytime now you go out to a restaurant to eat, especially at dinner, You can't even read the menu anymore. Why? They want the lights down. It's like the whole world's in love with darkness. I have to take out my cell phone and turn the light on my cell phone on just so I can read the menu. And this, that's not because maybe I don't have my glasses. It's because I'm, it's so dark that even with my glasses, I can't see it. Why? I I don't know why. Why do they like it so dark in here? Why is everything getting darker? Because we are in the last days. Hallelujah. But God's going to light you up like a light bulb. And this is inner illuminescence. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Well, I, I, I know a minister, he was, he was preaching on television And he began to talk about some things that I I don't think he should have gotten that far into. Why? Because there are some things that are so dark and disgusting and evil that just to speak them and talk about them defiles your tongue. They are that filthy. And he began to go into detail about certain practices uh, uh, that take place in these certain occult temples and some of the, and I thought, whoa, he's going way too far. This is, this is not good. He just, but he just kept going, and I thought, I don't even want to hear this. Uh, I really do believe there are some things we shouldn't even go into. Now, I know, I know there are other things that 
there needs to be disclosure if if uh, you know you're involved with the police, a detective. The detective wants details, and that's, you know, when you've got a predator out there or something like that, look, you, they need evidence, okay? So give them, if, you, if you've got the evidence, give them the evidence. That's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about normal living as a Christian. There are certain things you don't want coming into your ears. And the, the language today that's used, um, I, I, you know, I know that we can't go live on an island and be separated from these things. But I, I still think there are things that we can do where we, we put ourselves in places where we can escape a lot of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because there are certain things you don't want to hear about. Praise God. They're just too, they're too filthy. Praise God. And as a holy saint of God, you don't want to be hearing stuff like that. Hallelujah. Your ears are not trash cans. Praise God. Now verse 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. God's going to be turning up the light, showing you what's pleasing to Him. Anything that has light, it's pleasing to the Lord. Anything that would take you into darkness is displeasing to God. Hallelujah. Therefore He says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you what? He'll give me glory. Well, He'll give you light. If you get into the glory, you're going to be into the light. Some people say, we're in the glory. Well, if we're in the glory, why is it so dark? Now, I'm not just talking about natural illumination of light bulbs. Although it is interesting, why is everything so dark all the time? Can't we turn some lights on? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Awake you who sleep. A spiritual lethargy. Like Jonah, sleeping down in the belly of the ship. Having no idea he's about to be in the belly of a fish. I think if he had known that, he would be awake saying, Lord, I need to get my life right with you because something's planned. It's not anything that I want to be involved in. Woo, woo, Lord Jesus, have mercy. If he'd have, if he'd have known what was coming, it would have been a serious wake-up call. But he kept on sleeping. He kept on sleeping. Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. <laughs> See then that you walk circumspectly or uprightly. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are what? The days are evil. The days are evil. And we can pray, but some of this you can't change. Why? Because we are in the last days, and the last days are going to be like the days of Noah before the flood. They're going to be evil. There's going to be wickedness. There's going to be things that are very displeasing to God. I would encourage you to stay away from those things of darkness and stay in the light. Praise God. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Verse 10. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You find it out. And you find out that perhaps what you could do when you were a baby Christian. I'm not talking about when you were a baby, but when you were a young believer. Perhaps you have found out that that certain thing that you once extracted pleasure from that you don't want to do that anymore. Why? The Lord's not happy about that. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't view that. Shouldn't listen to that. Shouldn't hear that. Mm. I, remember, I remember many years back when I was uh, hanging out with my, my old pastor. And he said, oh, Brother Brooks, he said, the young people in the church, I'm, I'm deeply concerned about them, and I can't get through to them. I said, why? He said, the music, the rap music they listen to is horrible music of degrading women, even glorifying rape, 
and glorifying crime and glorifying the disrespect of authority. He said it's horrible and he said they're listening to it and their parents are letting them listen to it. And I've spoken to the parents, please be aware of what your children are listening to. This, this is total garbage. But yet that's what was popular in the high schools and so forth. And so the Christians in high school, they just, they start eating whatever they're fed too. Talking about, you know, the music or the culture, whatever the culture is presented, well, they just accept it hook, line, and sinker. But my friends, we need to learn and find out what is acceptable to the Lord. Some of these things, you should just let them go now. Why? Because they're not in heaven. <laughs> so you're, you're going to have to give them up sooner or later. Well, Pastor Stephen, I kind of like, I kind of like uh, that certain you know, channel on cable. Oh, the adult channel? Well, well, Pastor Stephen, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, the perversion channel, whatever it is. Okay, look, you might as well give it up now. None of that stuff's in heaven. Sorry, guys, there's no cigar clubs in heaven. There's not? I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do, Pastor Stephen. They're not there. No gossip, no gossip rooms in heaven. Praise the Lord. There's just a lot of things God's doing. God's bringing the light God's bringing the light. He's bringing the heat. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to make you translucent. I believe that's what people are looking for. Even in the church. Even in the church, we want to see it lived. That, that's, the, that's the crisis that the Catholic Church is going through right now. And the, there are brothers and sisters. Anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. There's many streams in Christianity. One faith, but you have different, different streams. Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, whatever. But some of the, some of the streams are they're really struggling. Why? Because certain issues are not being dealt with. Sin is being openly tolerated. And it's not being called sin. It's, because, it's being called like... Well, we need to understand their viewpoint because we need to have compassion. Well, well, look, God said it's wrong. God said it's a sin. Really, the, the challenge that the Catholic Church is facing right now is dealing with the issue of homosexuality. And there's a lot of people that are in the leadership that are very liberal. And they are theologians who are very liberal in their theology, and they believe it's not a sin. And so that's going to begin to affect uh, everybody that's beneath that umbrella. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you know that you could be a theologian and you can be fluent in Greek and in Hebrew and be able to, you know, go through the scriptures and even teach them? Did you know you can do that and not even be saved and born again? Did you know you could be spiritually dead and propose doctrine give a discourse on church doctrine, and not even be saved, be lost in your sins, not even going to heaven. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just stick with the scriptures, my friends. It's all outlined very, very clear. Awake, you who sleep. There's like a sleepy spirit that would try to blur the line between, between truth and a lie. So awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Mm. But see, any sin that you tolerate in your life, it's never going to leave your life. You must have no tolerance for it. There are some sins in the church that are actually, really in some ways, not even tolerated. They're actually um, kind of like patted on the back. 
I won't, I, I won't start going through them, but some are, some are so accepted now in the church, it's almost like you're, you're almost even encouraged in it. Woo, hallelujah. What happens when things are like that are going on? People fall asleep, fall asleep, and then they don't know what's acceptable to the Lord. Mm, praise God. Hallelujah. God is turning up the light. He's showing you those things that are acceptable. This, this is something that we all go through. I remember that I used to just go out and watch movies. Even after I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we just watched movies. I remember I watched one movie. Was it was even an R-rated movie? It was it was a PG-13 movie. And after it was over, um, I felt I felt dirty. How can I say not 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 like I had you know forgotten to put on deodorant? I felt defiled. I felt like things and images that I saw in that movie were disgusting to the Holy Spirit, and it grieved the Holy Spirit. Now, only a believer can know that, okay? But I sensed I had grieved the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, I said, you didn't like that movie, did you? And, you know, the Holy Spirit's like, you know, you know I, didn't, I didn't watch it, you know. But, no, I don't want, God doesn't want anything to do junk like that. Woo! Mm, praise God. So I just said, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that out. I'll just cut out all of that. Cut out all the R-rated R movies. You know, I used to like the adventure movies, the action adventure movies. Almost all of them today are rated R. You know, I used to like, you know, the blowing things up and the, all the fast-paced action. But, you know, if you watch a movie like that today, you're going to probably get maybe 80 uh, of the choicest profane words blasted into your ears over and over and over and over and over again. Many of them will be God's name, of course, profaned and cursed which is, uh, you know, a violation of God's Word. But, you know, I, I just think that we learn what is acceptable to the Lord as we grow and as we mature in the Lord. And there's, there's things you learn that are pleasing to the Lord, and you want to honor and protect that. So anything that would try to violate that, you just, you not only stay away from it, sometimes you can just completely obliterate it, destroy it. You, you don't even want it around you. <laughs> Praise God. Woo! Glory to the Lord. Your whole life is going to be reviewed by God. Now, sin that has been forgiven, that has been confessed and forgiven, is washed away with the blood. It'll never be brought up. It's gone forever. Praise God. But anything that is being practiced that's displeasing to the Lord, all of that will be talked about. Praise God. Now, you can imagine what the, what the Apostle Peter said. If the righteous are scarcely saved... What about the ungodly? Whoo! I mean, what about the ungodly sinners out there? Well, I believe in revival. I believe in evangelism. I believe in the lost being saved. But today, but today it's almost like the message of the church is not the message of the cross. It seems like today the message is try to be a better person. Try to be a better person. Uh, if, if that's all it is, why, why did Jesus die on the cross to save us from our sins and our sin nature? No, this is not about trying to be a better person. <laughs> you know, try, try to cuss just a little less. Try, try to not commit adultery as often as you do. Okay, that's good. You're trimming it down some. That's good, brother. No, this is not the message of the gospel. The gospel truth is that Christ came to save sinners. Woo! Hallelujah. You can wash all of your sin away, but you must receive him and give your heart to him and live for him and turn from your sin. Woo, praise God. And as we do that, as we go on in our walk with the Lord, we find out 
what is acceptable to the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's certain music that's not acceptable to the Lord. It's not in heaven. It, it does not exist in heaven. There's been a lot of Christians who had callings on their life who sold it for worldly fame and destroyed their lives. Elvis Presley, raised in Pentecostal church, but went a different direction, had a charisma, had an anointing, but took the gifting and used it for worldly fame. What made him famous? Oh, he had to do something of great compromise in order to become accepted in the industry and to be boosted out there. What was it? Hip gyrations. And when he would first start to do it on television, they would only show him from the waist up. It's almost like chest up. Why? They couldn't show him shaking his hips because at that time in the American culture, it was considered so disgusting and sexually explicit, they would not show it on television. My, how times have changed. Woo! Everything's shaking today. You get out there and shake everything, <laughs> all right? To, to the point today, it's so close to pornography that it's just right on the edge. Really, it is a form of soft pornography. It's, it's all disgusting in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, I like that. Well, you might as well get delivered from it because it's not in heaven. You can't take it there. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. I'm just kind of talking a little bit this morning. Pastor Stephen, you're stepping on my toes. Well, good. I'm trying to on purpose to do that. I'm trying to help you understand what's acceptable to the Lord. Praise God. I, I believe that if I actually tell you the truth, you'll actually feel that the ministry has true value. Praise the Lord. And I, I believe we need to help people. When people are doing something that's blatantly wrong, they don't need to be encouraged in it. They need to be told that's wrong. Brother, there's grace to stop that. There's forgiveness in Christ if you'll repent. But that's wrong what you're doing. Mm. Praise the Lord. See, awaken them who are asleep. How? Tell them the truth. Praise God. Tell them the truth. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to the Lord. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful the music that you listen to. If you listen to the secular music of the world, it will really make it difficult for you to get into the Spirit. If you go out there and just watch any movie under the sun, it's very hard to remove those images, you know, quickly. They can be, they can be removed. They can be defragmented. J just like you can take a, com a computer, you can begin to like, you know, get rid of certain files. You can get that stuff out, but it takes work. And, you know, it's better to keep building stronger and, and get more fuller in the Word of God as opposed to, you know, having all of that just pushed to a corner. Now you've got to come back and clean again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Maybe there's something in your house right now that if you were to honestly talk with the Lord about it, He would say it's not acceptable. That, that mask up on the wall. Oh, well, the Lord, Lord, that's a piece of artwork. No, it's a demonic representation of an evil spirit hanging on your wall. Well, Lord, in that, in that culture, they called it art. 
Well, in the eyes of the Lord, it's a demonic image. Well, I, you know, it's not art, it's garbage. Mm. I stayed one time at a very lovely, lovely penthouse suite while in Germany. This was like the opulence of living. Uh, just a temporary stay, a ministry in a church, and they put me in this, me and my wife and family, they put, they put us in this uh, uh, ladies' penthouse suite. Very, very beautiful. But I, I got into the, to the house and was looking around, and me and Kelly, the, the first thing we're noticing is the artwork. Oh, this is the very expensive artwork of the, pa of the famous painter so-and-so. Well, I'm looking at it, and to me, it looks like somebody who's being tortured. The images on the artwork were demonic. Of people with grotesque faces and contortions that were, uh, you know, like a cross between mutilation and, and just perversion. But they call it art. It's, it's actually garbage. It's actually garbage. It came out of the mind of a deranged person, probably somebody on drugs, somebody probably even suicidal. And they, they present it and say it's art. No, it's not art, it's trash. It's garbage. Praise the Lord. Test the spirits. Challenge these things. Don't let society just feed you, and you just eat whatever they tell you to consume. <laughs> Find out what's pleasing to the Lord, not what's pleasing to them. Praise God. Oh, yes, there's beautiful artwork that's out there. But I, I don't agree with the artwork of all these nude statues. Put some clothes on them statues. Why, why do we have to have the man carved out of granite in the nude can't we, can't we carve him out of granite also with clothes on? <laughs> why, why do the women always have to be naked that are car, carved out of granite? Can't they be carved with clothes on? Well, Pastor Stephen, those were, those were carved out by the, uh, by, by, oh, by the ones that were influenced by the homosexual culture of their time. Yes, that's why they were all nude, because that was prevalent in the society then. No nude, there's no nude statues in heaven, J just in case you're curious. There's, there's no nudity in heaven. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mm. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Well, this causes an awakening. The light, I'm telling you, God's going to turn up the light. He's going he's to saturate you with light. Mm. See, in that light is the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is helping us to slow down and take an honest look at things and say, is that true light? Is that the light of God, or is that just a bunch of fluff? Is that the true glory, or is that just really good lighting effects from all the strobe lights and, uh, you know, all the pulsating lights that we have? Is that the glory, or is that, is that just a good attempt of man to try to copy God? Praise the Lord. I think we need to examine things, not in a critical way, but with an open heart, where we are illuminated, and we just want genuineness. We want reality. We want the real thing. We want the Lord Jesus. Not all of these costumes that sometimes He's presented by religion as being, when He's really not like that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. My friends, God's waking up the church. God's waking up the church. A lot of people are waking up, finding themselves in places like, what am I doing with these chains on? Well, the light's coming on. They'll just fall off. Walk out of it. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. God's setting His people free. I really do believe the church is waking up.
the light is getting turned on. And the church is going to be like, what in the world have we been doing? We, we've been playing religion. We've been playing church. We've been acting like we have the power. We, we, we haven't had any power at all. Maybe just a little smidget over here or there. But we need to be honest. Let's turn the lights on and find out what's really going on around here. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Light coming into the eyes of your understanding. Praise God. The more you spend time in the word with that fresh word, the light just keeps coming. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Staying in the light. Move away from any forms of darkness. Any forms of darkness. There's a lot of things in our sports culture today. Men be very, very careful about. Be very, very careful. These, these are very crude environments. I'm, I'm not into all of this martial art fighting that's going on that's popular today. Mixed martial arts and all this stuff. I'm not into that. I don't think it's right to watch men almost kill each other. Beat the daylights out of each other. Blood splattering all over the place. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's good for your spirit to look at stuff like that. Now, now they have the women fighting each other. You know, with, with, and, and violent acts. This is all out. You know, kick them in the head or whatever it takes. Knock them out. Choke them out. Whatever it is. I don't think it's good to watch stuff like that. I don't watch it. I'm aware that it's out there, but I don't watch it. I think those are environments that are very, very dark. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not saying don't learn some self-defense or something like that. I'm just saying this stuff has gone way too far. This, this is like gladiator, on the edge of gladiator type stuff, where the Romans would, you know, for their entertainment, would watch people fight and kill each other. And the bloodier it was, you know, the, 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 the greater the crowds roared. And th this, is, this is reducing man to the level of a beast. A crude, uh, heartless, cold, you know, animal almost. With no compassion. You know, Nero persecuted and killed so many Christians that even the unsaved Romans began to feel compassion for the Christians because they're just like, hey, you know, they, have, they haven't done anything. I know, I know Nero blamed the fire that burned Rome, most of Rome down, blamed it on the Christians. The Christians didn't have anything to do with it. But even with all the lies and propaganda saying that they did, the, the Roman citizens were like, hey, you know, the, the, this is really wrong. I mean, they're being burned on poles and tarred and, and, and lit up to light up the courts at night while, while Nero walks around. The, this, is, this is crazy stuff. Praise the Lord. My friends, it's an evil time. It's an evil time. Stay in the light. Come out of any form of darkness. Stay in the light. Some of you need to get rid of your cable television. Because you keep getting over to channels that, that are not good to look at. Even satellite. Uh, you know, if, if, you, if you have a cable or satellite, just, just only tell them that you want certain channels. But these other things over there, sometimes they can put them in for free. They're horrible. They're awful. Stay away from them. Don't let stuff like that have an opportunity to get into your house. Praise the Lord. Stay in the light. Stay in the light. Get yourself ready for heaven. Woo! Mm -mm. You know, one more story. Uh, many years back when the evangelist Smith Wigglesworth was alive, uh, who was, he was, of course, from England, uh, a mighty, uh, he was an evangelist, but really he was an apostle, teaching the emphasis of faith, faith in God. Uh, you know, not being moved by what you see, but really holding to the Word. And you saw a lot of miracles and good things along that line. Got a lot of people saved too. But, you know, 
it happened one time when he was with some ministers staying at a certain place that uh, Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm going to go pray. You know, who'd like to go with me to the room to go pray? And there's about maybe 10 or 12 men. And they said, well, we, we would like to pray with you also. So they went into the room to go pray with him. And he begins to pray. And, and it, the more he prayed, the more the room began to fill up with the glory of God. And it just got so strong and so much light and so much of an intensity of God that the other ministers start having to leave one by one. Why? It's too much. The light was too bright, too much light, too much of the presence of the Lord. And they, they all left except for him. They couldn't stand it. Too much of the glory, too much brilliance of God. And so later, I believe it was the next day, you know, he says again to, the, to, a, to a group, hey, who wants to go with me and pray? I'm going to go back and pray. And, you know, there was a young man who had heard about what happened the day before. And he's like, I'm going, and I'm going to go pray also. And he said, if anybody leaves that room, it will not be me. I will stay in that room. I've heard your stories of how all of you left. You couldn't stand the glory. Well, I'll find out. He said, I won't leave for anything. Though they all go in the room, a bunch of different ministers this time. They start praying. And Brother Wigglesworth is really in prayer. And here comes the glory, the light, the, the power of God. And they, they start leaving. They start leaving. It's just too holy, too sacred, too much light. And that one young man, he just broke. And he, he just left. He couldn't stand it. He thought he could. But in reality, he could not. He could not. See, God's bringing the glory. God's bringing the light. God's going to light everything up. We, we must get our lives in order with the Lord. In order with the Lord. Because there's going to be people coming in. Lives out of order. All kinds of sin. So you're going to have to be, you're going to be ready to minister. Okay. You're going to have to be ready to go. That means you have to have your life in order. This is not play games anymore where you can minister to others, but your whole life is messed up. You know, you're, you're, you got all kinds of crazy stuff going on, and now you're trying to tell others how to do it. <laughs> that won't work anymore. That will not work anymore. You must, you must let the light come in. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Freedom. There's, there's freedom in the light. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we give you praise and glory. We thank you. Lord, just light up our lives. Thank you. A city set on a hill. Thank you, Father God. A true, a true radiance of you. We thank you that you're going to make the church so beautiful and so illuminated that it's like she's irresistible. We just thank you, Father God, that you're doing this great work. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take Holy Communion. Praise God. Grab some bread, some grape juice. Father, we bless it. We consecrate it. We thank you. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. We receive it by faith. We look at it. We see still a piece of bread, and we still see grape juice. But it's blessed, and we believe the words of Jesus that we now receive his flesh and his blood, and that it's meat and it's drink indeed. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for his body. We thank you in a, in, in a very mysterious way. We are his body. We are his body. We are one with him. So we thank you, Father. Let us always lift up our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Encourage them to stay in the light, to walk in the light. Now we thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the body of Jesus. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes all of our sins away. Thank you, Father God. Remove all distractions out of our lives. Illuminate these areas. 
illuminate these areas that would steal our time, that would steal away our time. Illuminate these areas, O oh God, that would be shady, even darkness. Illuminate them, O oh God, so that we see it for what it is and that we avoid it. O oh God, we give you praise. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. My friends, the Holy Spirit will continue to teach you what is acceptable to the Lord, what's pleasing to Him, what makes Him happy. And of course, in that contrast, He'll also show you those things that, that need to be let go. Praise God. Be blessed as the Holy Spirit continues to teach you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.